Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of The Main Column, the podcast series by Hydrocarbon Processing. I'm Tyler Campbell, Managing Editor for H2 Tech and your host for this week's The Main Column. Today, I'm joined by Alec Cusick, Technical Service Engineer with Owens Corning and a recent contributor to Hydrocarbon Processing. Alec provided an article on our October issue on the problems posed by corrosion under insulation, or CUI. I had an opportunity to learn more about the challenges CUI presents during the recent Gas Tech show in Milan, Italy, and I invited Alec to join me for a follow-up chat. Welcome, Alec. How you doing? Hello. Pretty good, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Um, so before we get started, um, can you please give like a brief description, an elevator pitch, if you will, about Owens Corning and your role at the company? Yes, absolutely. So Owens Corning is a global industrial and building materials leader with three integrated businesses dedicated to the manufacture and advancement of insulation, roofing, and fiberglass composite materials. Um, I myself am a technical services engineer for our specialty insulation business, and I work hand in hand with our clients on how to design, uh, specify, and install various types of our insulation systems for all sorts of applications. Excellent. Uh, So that's actually a good segue. Uh, What kinds of functions does insulation support in hydrocarbon processing operations? Absolutely. That's a good question. So when we talk about hydrocarbon processing, uh, we think about a lot of temperature critical processes. And so a lot of insulation is used for some sort of process control uh, that is limiting heat flow into and out of systems to maintain temperatures that are needed in order to process uh, these types of materials effectively. Um, That being said, you can also find insulation present for just general purpose energy efficiency, uh, noise reduction, passive fire protection. So in addition to process control, there's a wide array of uh, reasons you could find insulation in these types of facilities. So what is corrosion under insulation and why is it a concern? So the Association for Materials Protection and Performance uh, defines corrosion as a naturally occurring phenomenon involving the deterioration of a material, uh, usually it's a metal, that results from a chemical or electrochemical reaction within its environment. Um, Simply put, it's a form of material degradation that over time can result in damage to piping, equipment, and structural steel. Uh, And the reason this is so problematic when occurring underneath insulation uh, is because typically the corrosion is not visible uh, and the effects can prove catastrophic years down the road before it's ever discovered by nearby personnel. I see. So what are what are the ingredients required for corrosion to take place? Yep, absolutely. So in the case of carbon steel, uh, corrosion occurs as oxygen reacts with iron to form iron oxide. Uh, For this process to occur, uh, you need to have the presence of oxygen as well as liquid moisture to act as an electrolyte for the reaction. Um, If these two conditions are met, uh, higher temperatures will also increase the rate at which that corrosion is occurring. Um, And additionally, the presence of any dissolved chloride ions from various types of salts um, that might be dissolved in liquid moisture 
will accelerate the rate of corrosion further. And in the instance of stainless steel, uh, these dissolved chloride ions can even strip away at the protective surface layer of chromium oxide that normally leads to stainless steel's rust resistance. Um, so with all these different ingredients in mind, uh, the easiest angle to take a proactive approach at and protect uh, a substrate from corrosion occurring is typically to prevent liquid moisture from being able to be present and be able to allow this corrosion to take place. That makes sense. So how is water introduced into an insulation system? Well, that will depend on the types of process or the types of substrate that your insulation is found on. Um, for cold or otherwise below ambient temperature processes, uh, there's always going to be a high vapor drive from the warmer ambient air towards that cold surface or cold pipe substrate. Um, without a proper insulation system, uh, including a vapor barrier and proper insulation material, uh, water can build up naturally due to condensation taking place as vapor drives from the warmer air down to that cold substrate surface. Um, and that is one potential area of concern, especially for below ambient and cold processes. Um, in addition to that, though, uh, any sort of uh, insulation system could become exposed to external sources of water, uh, and that could be in the form of precipitation, uh, sprinkler systems from nearby facilities and equipment. And if there's any point of the insulation system that was not properly installed or may have been mechanically damaged due to maintenance activities over time, um, it could present an area of entry for external source of liquid water to just flow its way in naturally. Okay, uh, so what are common industry approaches uh, for protecting industrial piping and equipment from CUI? Great question. Uh, so as I mentioned, the first priority is almost always to ad address the presence of liquid water. Uh, and that is because liquid water is such a basic requirement for corrosion in this form to take place. Um, so common industry practices uh, specifically for preventing CUI could involve changing the chemistry of any water present to become less corrosive. Um, that's option number one. Option number two, could involve uh, allowing water that does get introduced to the system to channel away from the insulation due to gravity. Um, this is typically reserved for above ambient processes because you'd have to have a physical path left open for the water to channel away from the system. Um, option number three, which is what I primarily will be focusing on today, actually involves preventing the water from ever entering the insulation system to begin with. Uh, this is suitable for a wide array of processes and temperatures, uh, and because it involves sealing off a system from external moisture ingress, it is also suitable for below ambient and cold temperature applications as well. Excellent. So how does the permeability of an insulating material factor into keeping water out of a system? Yes, so uh, on below ambient systems, uh, we've mentioned the presence of a high vapor drive already. Uh, there's going to be a natural uh, tendency for water vapor in the air to want to drive towards that cold pipe or cold uh, substrate surface underneath the insulation. By using a low or zero permeability insulation, 
that insulation is going to resist that vapor drive and actually not let the vapor pass along uh, through the thickness of insulation to begin with. Um, and it's also going to withstand allowing any condensation that occurs from absorbing and retaining in the insulation itself. Um, and those are key reasons as to why, especially on below ambient systems, a low or zero permeability insulation is often preferred. Okay, interesting. So you, you recently authored an article in the October issue of Hydrocarbon Processing. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, noting that a system approach provides the best defense against insulation. Can you elaborate on that approach? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so when we talk about a system approach, we're basically saying that you have to come at your approach from multiple angles. You don't want to just rely on proper insulation material selection. A good plan to mitigate CUI involves multiple aspects. Um, it goes into ensuring that you're utilizing proper sealants, uh, vapor barriers, and jacketing accessories to complement the insulation material being selected. Um, you want to make sure that you're using proper installation techniques and practices when installing the system on the job site, making sure that the people putting the insulation on uh, know the best ways and effective ways to do so. Uh, and then you also want to pair your system up with an extensive inspection and maintenance program after the fact to make sure that you're covered from any uh, mechanical or maintenance activities that may damage the insulation system over time. What other considerations should factor into a, a specifier's decisions when insulating pipes and storage vessels used in hydrocarbon processing? Another great question. So when, again, when we think about hydrocarbon processing facilities, uh, there's a lot of very temperature critical and little nuances to the types of uh, materials that are being processed and the types of temperature ranges that can kind of exist in these facilities. Um, with that in mind, oftentimes you want to give thought to the combustibility of any materials that you're using on your systems, as there are a lot of flammable materials present. Um, you'll want to consider the dimensional stability of your materials across a wide array of temperature ranges. Um, you'll also want to consider the compressive strength of any materials being used. Make sure it can mechanically withstand uh, maintenance, maintenance activities that will, it will be exposed to. Um, and you might also want to consider any chemical resistance of materials present and make sure that they can withstand any harsh chemical environments that might be present within the facility. Uh, so, Alec, during, during gas tech, Owens Corning spotlighted cellular glass insulation for defending against CUI. What makes this insulating option especially relevant for insulating energy storage and piping? Great question, Tyler. So yes, foam glass, cellular glass insulation is one insulation material that's widely used in these types of hydrocarbon processing facilities. Um, it is a closed cell insulation that actually has a water vapor permeability rating of zero. Uh, that means it does not allow for the passage of water vapor through the thickness of the insulation itself, making it widely suitable for below ambient and these types of high vapor drive applications. Um, it also is non-absorbent, meaning it's not at risk of retaining any condensation buildup or, or external sources of water, such as precipitation, things of that nature that we've talked about before. Um, 
It's also uh, completely inorganic and non-combustible, uh, which can prove useful in these types of environments where you're dealing with a lot of volatile flammable materials. Uh, it has a relatively high compressive strength when compared to other insulation materials, uh, making it uh, very durable over a long course of, uh, of a lifespan, and it can resist a lot of compression forces that other insulation materials uh, might not withstand as well. Uh, it actually has a thermal expansion of coefficient similar to that of steel and stainless steel, meaning that across a wide array of temperature cycling processes, it will actually very closely match the thermal expansion and contraction that takes place on steel substrates, like cryogenic piping as it drops in temperature. Um, and finally, being made of 100% glass, it's very chemically resistant, uh, making it suitable for chemically harsh uh, environments that deal with chemicals and other potentially corrosive materials if they were to get exposed to your insulation system. Thank you, Alec. Excellent. So as the performance of any material is only as good as its installation, uh, what resources are available to support proper installation? That is a great point uh, you make about installation being so pivotal in this whole process. Uh, and we understand that and we work with our clients day in and day out to make sure that they understand the best means of installing these types of insulation systems uh, to make sure that you're getting the best performing system possible. Uh, we actually host frequent training sessions with all of our clients that could be specifiers, installers, or distributors uh, on how to best put these types of systems on the piping. Um, one of our global training facilities is located in Houston, Texas, and we frequently bring clients in uh, and host multiple people class sessions uh, where they get, they're able to get hands-on and actually experience firsthand how these types of insulation systems should come together and what accessories should be used. Um, in addition to that, we also uh, offer the ability to travel to various projects that might be going up around the world and show up at the early stages of installation and provide project startup services to work hand in hand with the installers on site and make sure that they are confident and knowledgeable as to how it should be installed on the actual facility as the project kicks off. Fair enough. Uh so, by the way, you know I'm based in Houston, so you're going to need to invite me to one of these sessions one of these days. <laughs> Absolutely, Tyler. I'll talk to someone. I'll see if I can get you in. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so, so what are what are three practical tips our listeners should keep in mind when it comes to defending against CUI? Very good. So, thinking back to everything we've talked about so far, um, three key points I'd like to hit home is uh, you want to establish an approach for mitigating the corrosive effects of liquid water on your system and design your system accordingly. Um, that could be around preventing water from ever getting in, giving water a way out, or changing the chemistry of the water. But regardless as to what method you choose, you'll wanna take a systems approach, and that would be point number two, make sure that all of your components of your system are working together and in tandem to achieve that goal. Um, for us, it would be utilizing the proper accessories, proper vapor barrier, uh, proper installation techniques to make sure that the entire insulation system remains closed off from any sort of water entry points. Um, and then finally, number three, uh, you wanna, again, make sure proper application techniques are being utilized. 
Uh, you could have the best design system, but at the end of the day, it's only going to be as good as the people installing it and making sure that they know exactly how it should be put together. And that's why we're very happy to offer services to educate people on how to install these systems. And we'd be happy to work with anyone in particular's organization to offer these services to them as well. That's fantastic. Uh, so in closing, where can our listeners learn more? Absolutely. To get more information on any of these materials or systems I've talked about, feel free to go to our website, which is foamglass.com. That is F-O-A-M-G-L-A-S.com. You can learn about foam glass insulation, various systems, and all of our technical services that we'd offer. I'd be happy to work with anyone one-on-one -on -one and uh, see how we can better uh, equip you to have a better performing insulation system at the end of the day. So I'd like to thank you again, Alec, for joining us and, and taking a little bit of time out of your day to have a conversation with me for our listeners. It's my pleasure, Tyler. Thank you again for the opportunity to be here today. No, no problem. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Main Column. If you're interested in learning more about the or reading the article that Alec provided to Hydrocarbon Processing, it's in open access and is titled, A System Approach to Mitigating Corrosion Under Insulation. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Main Column, and we'll see you next time.